show. A lot of conversations that sure do flow. Local comedians, man, you need to see them, baby. So check out Lynn's show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of You Have a Lot of Options. I'm your host, not Lynn Avertel. I'm your host, Dexter <laughs> Axisville. Dexter Axisville, I can't say my name right. But yeah, that's right. I'm hijacking this show so that we can uh, do an episode about him. Um, <laughs> I, was not, <laughs> I was not prepared to host this whole episode. I just wanted to ask questions, but uh, you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to run it and uh, we'll That's see. what hosting is, you we'll fucking see. idiot. Oh <laughs> we'll see gosh. how it goes. <laughs> keep, the, keep talking that shit. Man. <laughs> right. So, like I said, this episode today is all about Lynn. Um, I thought it would be a good idea because, um, you know, I ain't going to lie. I don't listen to every single episode. and Traitor. Um, <laughs> you know, that might be the case for other people as well. And, like, you know, when you listen to some episodes, you learn a little bit about Lynn, but it's mostly about the people he has on the show. So I thought it'd be a good idea to have one episode about Lynn for, you know, the fans and people that don't really know Lynn. Just have one episode about him so we can, you know, kind of talk about his life a little bit, his comedy stuff and how stupid he is and all that, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Those are all so. really good questions, Dexter. <laughs> You're a really good host. I don't know why he's talking like that, but all right. Who's the audience, you fucking idiot? All right, so let's not waste any more time and let's get it going. Um, I got some questions, and then uh, his uh, his wife Sierra's here too with some questions. Oh, Sierra, we love Sierra. We're the audience. (laughs) All right, so first question I got for you, Lynn. Yes, I'm here as well, uh, as well as uh, Sierra and Dexter and the audience. (laughs) This man. Why are you such a... Nah, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing. Uh, um, uh, let's just start with the basics, man. Uh, where are you from? Where were you born? Where did you grow up? And just start there. Uh, this uh, bumfuck town known as Kansas City. Uh, I shouldn't say bumfuck, but it feels exactly. very... I don't know. It feels very much... Um, grew up in Kansas City my whole life. The reason I call it a bumfuck town is because... Uh, sometimes when I travel out of town to like, even like the smaller ones, uh, like even when I drive down to like the lake or the Ozarks and do, and like go shows down there, sometimes I'll go with other comics and they'll be like, all right, get a look at these small people at the lake of the Ozarks town down here. They're, they don't know anything about the big city. When in reality, every per- comic that comes from any other big city it, like a New York and LA, even in Austin or somewhere not Kansas City, they're like, look at these little hicks in this small town of Kansas City. Look at them not yeah. knowing anything big. They think Kansas City's small. They haven't been yeah. out to other cities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Topeka, I'd be out there, but <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> but go yeah. ahead. I grew up here my whole life. Uh, I just kind of. Uh, grew up next to Worlds of Fun, which I feel like if you're listening to this, you know what that is. It's just an amusement park, uh, essentially Six Flags, but without the name rights to it. Uh, and then 
just grew up there, went to school around here, went to community college, got an associate's degree, which is essentially toilet paper with your name on it. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, and then <laughs> I've just been working and then working as a comic and doing odd jobs. And, yeah, that's me as a person, I think. Okay. Did you live in uh, that same house pretty much your whole life? Yeah, dude. And okay. that's a – actually, that house – burnt down originally like my mom like got the land for it and they mm -hmm. were going to build a new house there and she basically got to be like i want it to look like this i want it to look like this i don't want it to have this and so they were like all right cool we'll build this did anybody die in it uh we'll never know oh my uh, god i was gonna say i remember like some doors closing and noises and shit like maybe once when i you know, yeah. Some weird shit happened, yeah. but it could, but there was like four of us, five of us there, so I don't know, maybe it was somebody else moving yeah. around. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe, maybe the cats too, because yeah, yeah. I know them cats. Yeah my, no, yeah, my cats close doors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, no, they don't. Isabel was a good cat. No, I know. I'm saying that was the ghost. <laughs> Child. Stupid. Uh, but okay. <laughs> All right, so um, let's see. So what? I guess we'll get to it. What 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 got you into comedy? Like when did you first like realize that, um, or when did you first think you were funny? Because I don't think you're funny. But when did you first think you were funny? And when did you realize <laughs> he's not funny? We agree with you, Dexter. <laughs> when did you realize you wanted to pursue comedy? Um, when I was like five or six. Like I and the other like part of this too, and I didn't realize it till I was like, <laughs> like in my early teens, like going into middle school essentially. Uh, I didn't listen to music, like, at all until, like, I was in, like, middle school, basically. Like, my mom would just mm. listen to, like, comedy and joke albums the entire time. And my I, I, I don't think I was allowed to ride with my dad that often. My dad does not know how to drive. Uh, let me rephrase it. He knows how to drive, but he drives... Like he drives fast. He drives. I like how he drives. Honestly, he drives fast, but he's also just like, oh, I guess there's a car over there. I might as well merge. Uh, and he'll just like try and get over it. Like he drives like a maniac. He merges before turning on his blinker. Yes, okay. he he drives like how uh, pilots for airplanes drive. Essentially, like this is my this is my domain. No one else is in my domain. I control the skies. Uh, when in reality, there are plenty of other cars on the streets, uh, and he's mm -hmm. also going the same speed. So I wasn't allowed to ride with him that often, and, like, we'd listen to music, but, like, mm -hmm. I was so used to comedy albums that I would bring the albums with me and be like, can we listen to this one, Dad? So you weren't allowed to ride with him because your mom was scared that he was going to kill you? Uh, <laughs> that's what it yes. sounds like to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly uh, that. Yeah. yeah. And then she also, she also, um, she kind of has like, I, I don't think she necessarily has PTSD because I think we've talked about it, but bit. her sister, her younger sister died in a car crash when she was, when the sister, I think was like 18, and I'm named after her. Like, uh, it, her Diane name was Diane Lynn. Lynn. And then I'm obviously Lynn. Also, my aunt, ha uh, my dad has a sister named Diana, too, which is very weird and unsettling. <laughs> to, be like, to be like, yo, we have, we both have sisters named Diana. Is yours here? Oh, I I'm mean, sorry. it was a very common name back in the day. My no, no. aunt's name is Diana. Now that I think about it, you do act like a Diana, bro. Ooh. Yeah. I act like uh, Princess Diana because I'm like, somebody's going to kill me. Come on. Oh, my God. But no, like, when I was younger, my mom would just play, like, uh, it originally started with 
an old Carlin bit where he had like a routine where he talked about how he was a fussy eater. And that's mm-hmm. how I was as a kid. Uh, and so she would be like, oh, Lynn's a fussy eater. He'll mm-hmm. think this is funny. I listened to it and like I laughed at it because I was just like, yeah, that is, that is pretty funny. And I was like, well, what else do you have, mom? And she would put in like the Jeff Foxworthy's, the blue collar comedy tour. And then she, as I got older, she would put in more Carlin, mm-hmm. more Chris Rock, more Pryor. And it was a, it essentially like I was a junkie. Like mm-hmm. there was, I needed more to laugh essentially yeah okay and then i and like i didn't really i wasn't like a class clown i don't think i was like i feel like i was very shy as a kid mm-hmm. like very especially in like elementary school and middle school like i wasn't like mm-hmm. getting kicked out of class or anything for being like hey look at me guys like i like i would make fun of the teacher but like the, i feel like the teacher would be in on it Mm-hmm. Like the like I uh, like the teacher would do something dumb and I would be like, "Hey, Mr. Johnson, fucking wet his pants, guys!" And I would be like, "Ah!" And then he'd be like, "Oh, Lynn, you little scoundrel!" And then, uh, and then like we were just like go about our day or whatever. But like it, like I didn't think I was like like I always wanted to be a comic ever since I was like five, and I yeah. like asked mom like, "What is this?" And mm-hmm. when I was listening to the CDs. And my mom said, this is stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I want to do that. And she was always really supportive because I think she thought it was like when a kid is like, I want to be a pirate when I grow up. And she was like, all right, little fucking idiot, go be oh, a pirate. She didn't think you were going to actually pursue didn't it. Think you were serious. Yeah, like she, well, she thought I was like, okay, cool, go do it. And then I didn't shut up about it. Like, I, there are very... Very old, like, pieces of paper I found maybe, like, five, six, maybe seven years ago where I was, like, writing jokes, like, when I was, like, ten. Mm-hmm. They were all fucking terrible. Let me just say that right now. They were all bad. <laughs> but still, like, it was just me, like, writing routines. I didn't actually do, like, a set until I was in high school, though. It was at, like, a... Like a improv show they gave me like five minutes i Mm -hmm. did it it was fine whatever and and then like i kept doing sets in high school Mm -hmm. and then what like the tonka what they call them yeah like the 48 street players players, yeah Uh, i hate that i remember that i hate (laughs) that there's like a small portion of my brain that is just like yo we can't let this one go you might need that for trivia about your life one day (laughs) but like i don't know it was just one of those things where it's like i didn't know i was funny until like other people laughed that's true Mm. yeah well, I mean, to be honest, I don't think you're funny. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, none of y'all come to the shows. None of y'all. Y'all be like, we love you, Lynn. It's $10 a so, ticket. We don't love you that much, Lynn, but we support you. <laughs> by the way, Sarah, you can butt in any time to ask your questions if you feel like it's an appropriate time. But uh, to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, so do you pretty much credit your mom? So, And like, do you think like if it wasn't for that, your mom, you know, kind of playing that comedy stuff, do you think you would have gotten to comedy on your own? Or do you think that probably wouldn't have happened? I don't know, actually. I think mm. about, I do think about that a lot because it's almost, it is like a bad part of, not a bad part of my personality, but her and I get into like fights and argue, not like arguments over it, but like, or even fights, I should say, but we get into like, 
disagreements of like not everything's a joke, but my because brain you play too much. I know, yes, <laughs> I play too much. I do, <laughs> but part of it is, and also this this could be I undiagnosed ADHD, and I think I've talked about this on here before. Uh, but we did, like, before we got married, we went to, uh, like, couples counseling just to, like, make sure, like, hey, are you on the same page? Mm -hmm. I'm on the same page. Okay, let's make sure. Um, and the therapist we went to, like, was asking us questions, and one of the big issues Sierra had with me was that, like, I don't listen sometimes, and, like, I have trouble listening, and I have trouble focusing. And the therapist looked at me and was like, Lynn, why do you think you have trouble focusing? And I told her... Well, sometimes whenever Sierra says something, like, my brain hears that, but it'll focus on one word. Like, she could say, Lynn, take out the trash. And then I'll hear trash, and I'll be like, oh, trash, that's like a Oscar the Grouch. Oh, like Sesame Street? Oh, yeah, that'll be like Sesame Street. And, like, you could visibly see the therapist put the notebook down and look at me and then stop and be like, Lynn, have you ever been diagnosed with ADHD? And I was like, no, why do you ask? And she was like, I think you have undiagnosed ADHD. And I was just like, I don't know what you're saying, but let me get back to Oscar the Grouch. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And so it's just one of those things where, like, because, like, my mom introduced that to me, like, at young age, I do struggle sometimes with not only not taking everything seriously because now I'm like, okay, how can I make this funny? What does this remind me of? Mm -hmm. And, like, like, I have to, like, calm myself down and legit, like, there's a little, like, voice in my brain that just mm-hmm. smacks my brain and says stop stop bad <laughs> there's like a little spray bomb they like stop it stop it you little idiot stop and then i'm like okay cool just talk about trash okay take out the trash okay i got you and but like if mom hadn't introduced that to me i don't know for one not only do i not know if i'm into comedy i don't know where i'm at basically mm-hmm. because like forever like this has been like, what I want to do. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine, like, a, like I know there's infinite, the, the, the multiverse theory, like, there's infinite. Of course, yeah. But I can't imagine one where I'm not working or doing comedy. Okay. okay. So where do you feel like was the climax, like, of your life where you're just like, because obviously you were working, you know what I'm saying? Obviously you went to school at, um, what's that community college up here? Uh, Maplewoods. Maplewoods, yeah, obviously. So when was it to the point, like, because you were obviously, you know, working on getting a degree, uh, whichever degree it was. But what was the point where you were kind of like, yeah, this isn't for me. I'm like, I'm sticking to jokes. That's all I want to do. Yeah, when I graduated. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Well, because like, and I had really bad, like depression about too when I did graduate high school because like all of my friends were leaving or all of them were graduating. You, Nate, Max had already left a year year before. Mm -hmm. Alex and Logan were moving up. Those are my five best friends for uh, exposition behind that, everybody. Uh, They were going to Missouri State, and, like, anything I was involved with that wasn't comedy, like, or people I had interacted with were Mm -hmm. essentially leaving with me. Like, I had very bad, like, depression because I didn't think I was ever going to see anybody ever again. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was even a counselor, and, like... The counselor was like, hey, man, like, what are you, like, excited for, like, after graduation? Like, is there, like, a date that you're excited for? And God bless this man for asking me this, but, like, I sat there for five minutes and couldn't list a date. And, like, I was, like, and he looked at me and was like, 
Lynn, you graduate next Thursday. You know that, right? And I was like, yeah, I know, but, like, I'm just worried I'm never going to see anybody. And then he gave me, like, an actual therapist phone number, and he was like, can you, like, call him? And I was like, okay, and then I threw it in the trash right after I left. <laughs> and But, like, when I graduated Ma- uh, Maple Woods, like, I was more excited to be done with it than I was that I had done it. Like, I was happy to have done it because I did get to meet – like, a bunch of people that were really sweet, really cool, and it did help me learn. Mm-hmm. Like, the that was kind of the basis of, like, okay, this is kind of what it takes to run, mm-hmm. like, an improv show. This was what it takes to book it. This is what it takes to schedule it. This is what it takes to get everybody in line, mm-hmm. which is why I will probably never run a comedy show. Like, <laughs> just by myself. Like, I, it was very, it was super stressful. And I get part of it was like, you have to configure with everyone's schedules. And it's college kids, so, mm-hmm. oh, not, not college kids, but it's college, and it's college people, so it's like, okay, yeah, you're wanting to do improv, but also you have to figure out to, a way to pay for this, figure out your grades, and you may also have a job. Uh, and so, like, that's a... It was a lot. It was a lot. And, yeah. like, I did have help along the way. Like, uh, I did have, like, people, like, vice presidents or whatever. Like, I'm not going to go through all of them because there's too many, but people that helped me with it. Mm-hmm. And I give them a lot of credit, but, like, I felt like I had to be the one to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. Because if I give it to somebody else and they screw it up, then that's my fault for giving it to them. So even when they were trying that's to help... Fair. Yeah, because oh, it's your... Yeah. So even when I was trying to, like, do it and get help, I would be like, no, 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 I got I got And at one point, all of them, at some point of them helping me, being like, dude, do I need to, like, be here? Or do you, like, got this? I was like, no, 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 everyone picked you to, like, help me. I was like, mm-hmm. and they finally had to, like, sit me down. And I still struggle with that today of, like, trying to get help from other people mm-hmm. because I view it as, like... I need to, I, I need to, because <laughs> I need to figure out how to do it on my own, because if I don't do it my own way, then, or if I don't do it by myself, at least it's my fault that I didn't do it right. But sometimes, and I, I mean, I had to work through this too personally, you don't know everything. So when you don't know everything, you got to ask for help. Otherwise, you're going to fail. And it's okay to fail, but if you keep failing because you're not asking for help, then that's insanity at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Linsanity. Yeah, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Yeah, it means he will burn out in a month of playing basketball in New York, baby! (laughs) Back to the ADHD. But, um... I guess my next question would be, who do you feel like helped you out a lot with navigating? Um, hmm, I guess that would be time. So I guess like now, well, no, let's not say. Like before we met, who do you feel like helped you out with your comedy and your personal life? Um, comedy, there's too many people. It's, too many people. Well, because it's one of those things. Well, list the names. Uh, Andrea Kaspari, Rod Reyes, Clint Warren. Um, Dustin, Dustin Kaufman up to basically at this point now. Yeah. Uh, because like it's, uh, Brandon Pat, there's legitimately too many people to name in terms of like people that have helped with comedy because everyone, because just give them their flowers. I know, but like there's legit, it's one of those things where it's like everyone in the scene has given me something at some point. 
mm-hmm. where it's That's just like, true. okay, you've either given me a tag, you've said, oh, you're funny, oh, you've given me this weird piece of advice that's also kind of looming over me that I don't know if I should take to the heart. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, you put me on a show when I probably didn't deserve to be on that show. Yeah. Everyone, anyone to this point has, t- pretty much everyone I've ever had on this podcast has taken a flyer on me at some point and said, hey, there's something here. I don't know what it is, but I like it, so let's see what happens with it. Yeah. And they and I can't thank him enough. Like, I'm trying to get uh, Rod on this show as well. Rod, I'm calling you out. You're coming on this show, <laughs> uh, even though you, uh, even though, uh, we'll get into that later. But, but I give Rod a lot of credit because he was one of the first people that not only put me on a show, but yelled at me because I did bad on a show. That's facts. And yeah. Rot. I feel like he still yells at you to this day. Like, he'll, like, I'll see him, like, roll his eyes <laughs> in the corner, like, really, Lynn? Really? Like, One of my, my favorite Rod story is that he booked me on a show on Valentine's Day, and uh, I drove out with him, and I was supposed to be hosting it. He said, hey, do 15 minutes up top. Just have fun with it. Uh, try not to do, like, a bunch of little... Tried to just do, like, crowd work. Don't do, like, a ton of your material. Mm-hmm. Immediately went into material. He lit me at seven minutes, and then he yelled at me so long that the next comic went up. I had to go back up, introduce the next comic, and then come back off and get yelled at. You learned your lesson. <laughs> I did learn my lesson, and I needed to be learned. Uh, and I can't give him enough credit for that. And then Kaspari for just getting me into the scene. Uh, Kaufman for booking me multiple times at the comedy club. Clint- well, he, he also gave you some great advice, too. He did give me a lot. I would always tell you, but you didn't take my advice because I wasn't a comedian. But anyways. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, he he gave me a lot. He that and that's the other thing too. I don't think I was that funny until I met you. I'ma just be that honest. Like you definitely have helped me like become funnier and make me into who I am today. Uh, because you sent not like have a prod behind me, but it's it's a prod of love of being like you need to write, you need to write, you oh, need to actually prod. do your shit. Yeah, do your shit. Oh I gosh. love you. Please do this right. Yeah. It's not even because there's not a right or wrong way to do comedy. And obviously, I know shit about comedy. There are I just, so many wrong ways to do comedy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, there's the, you know, the piece about, you know, putting yourself, like, writing. I, like, got on you big about writing. And then you didn't take me seriously until you spoke to Kaufman and a couple other people. And then, you know, there's the writing piece. There's the, you know, oh, you know, name your price. I got on you about naming your price and letting people know how much you are worth and stop settling for certain things Mm -hmm. and then there's the you know oh doing different jokes in different crowds like if you're in a room of black people you like you know what i'm saying read like read the room you know what i'm saying or if you're in a room full of white people like white country folk like (laughs) (laughs) well hello there strangers Uh, how we doing you know what I'm saying? So I had to get on you about reading your crowd when you would tell me, like, damn, I did bad tonight. And I was like, well, who was there? And then you would tell me the jokes you were saying. I was like, yeah, I if I was that crowd member.
whatever in that type of crowd, I would have not been listening to you mm-hmm. either. And so there's just so many pieces to comedy because it's just it's a different art form. And you, there's so many things you have to work on. Like there wasn't a right or wrong way. It was, uh, you know, you got to do this for this. Like comedy, you always have to switch it up, but you have to know naturally how to switch it up. So, so to kind of tie into that. What do you do when you got like a like a mixed crowd, like whether it's age or race, like you got old, young, you know, black, white, Asian, like what? How do you decide what jokes you're going to go for? How do you know, like if they're like, I don't know, how do you, I guess, please all of them, entertain um, all of them because, you know, they all might be different. I feel like I'm learning a lot about that this year. And uh, again, another piece of advice that was just given to me randomly, Ace, uh, Great comic in Kansas City. He, I was on a show where like there was a bunch of like uh, there was a bunch of minorities there. That's the best way to say it. And like mm-hmm. I would the first show went over really well. Second show was eh. Third show was eh. And then like he pulled me aside. I was like, hey, just heads up. Like you don't need to like do all this like crowd work. Essentially, just get to your jokes and actually like tell them to them because they came here for jokes. They didn't can't come here to be talked to. And I was just like, okay, cool. And, like, I would start out with jokes, like, talk to them a little bit, but not go overextended with and actually get into the jokes. And they would enjoy them. And then the last show went over really, really well. But, dude, I've got a, I've got a mixed crowd for you. Mm-hmm. I, I opened for this dude named Bossom Yusuf. Mm-hmm. And he, one of the shows was so mixed on opposite ends of the spectrum like one half of the room were like middle eastern pakistani egyptians and then the other end of the room was just MAGA white people like coming in being like i'm here to that watch was an it. interesting crowd uh, was yeah it was an interesting crowd that was at the comedy club of kansas city okay. i was watching them come in and some of them like some of them had like the hats on too and mm-hmm. like they were giving them giving people their tickets like i'm here to watch the funny man like coming in i was just mm-hmm. like well, yeah, we are <laughs> we are in for one tonight. Like, <laughs> but like those were some of the like better shows because like everyone was there. Surprisingly, nothing happened. I was mm-hmm. as shocked as anybody when I realized nothing. When was you're a happen. good comedian, like Boston, he's a really good comedian. Like you saw that he talked about how people were racist in America, which I mean, I hate to say it, we are pretty racist here. I mean. But, um, like, he just knew how to say it without offending people or say, because all he was saying was the truth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just crazy because he was like, yeah, he was like, when you come from my country and then you come to America and you tell people where you are, they think you're some terrorist or something. And, you know, everybody started laughing because he's not lying. Mm-hmm. Every, every, a lot of white people just think they're terrorists. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'm just saying. And then even then, like, I did a joke the first two nights, and Bossom asked me a question about it, and he was like, why do you say it this way? Say it this way. And I said it that way on the third show, and it wor- and it's worked that way ever since. And I'm just like, God damn it, Bossom, you can just do my jokes anytime, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how do you... Um... How do you fit your comedy life like into like your personal life? Like mm-hmm. I know you know you got another job or you got your main job and then you got a wife and then you know I know you work out stuff like that. How do you uh, I guess fit in comedy? Is it a struggle? Was it a struggle? Is it still? 
Um, how do you determine like what shows you're gonna do stuff like that? Um, if there's something planned with her, I normally try not to do it. I try not to do shows on that date. Like okay. I like even now I got offered a, not offered like there's something I could quote unquote bid for through this website for a show on Friday. We have a date night on Friday. It's in Leewood, Kansas. I'm not doing it. Why not? Because it's a fucking fifteen minute set for a corporate gig, uh, and we need a date night. Okay, that's up to you. Yeah, that way it sometimes also happens like that. <laughs> Is it not something that you see you could do real quick before your date? No, because or it's no. at ten. Oh, it's at ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and we can have an early date yeah, night. Okay. I mean, I'll put. <laughs> <laughs> no communication, guys. Come on, this, man. These, <laughs> these are the problems. But it's one of those things where it's just like I would rather like just have like. Like a night, like I would like. Now work. that's different. If you want a personal night with your wife, that's different. But if you know you really want to do this show, then communicate that. Yeah. But I agree. If you just want a night to yourself, that's up to you. Yeah, but it's one of those things where it is like, it's not so much of like a sacrifice of like, oh, I have to sacrifice comedy to hang out with her, or like I have to sacrifice her to hang out with comedy, or like. Vice versa is mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like you just have to plan it out. Mm-hmm. Like, I try to minimally get to two, three, if it's a good week, four mics out of the week. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, even then, like, it's even sometimes... Even though I feel like you should just scale back just a tad, but I understand. But even then, like, it becomes a struggle. Like, mm-hmm. it, the it's not so much of a struggle of, like getting out there it's when i'm not doing it that i get very like antsy Mm -hmm. yeah like if i don't do it a certain amount there is a voice in the back of my head that's like you're not doing enough Mm -hmm. what are we doing you're supposed to be making money at this there's someone getting better than you Mm -hmm. and then that's where i'm up until like 11, 12, 1 o'clock at night just writing, being mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I got to fucking do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and or like out and about and just like, okay, uh, I can't turn this part up, uh, part of me off, so I got to get that little fix. Got you. And, uh, but, and then it, the other factor of it is like hanging out with people. Like, and, we, and we've talked about this before, but there was like a stretch in probably like September or October where I was just like, I I don't want to say annoyed, but like I was just having like a little bit of a breakdown because like, <laughs> and you were getting worked like crazy at that point. I think too. I think that was right before. Um, did we go on a trip for our anniversary? Yes. 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 We, we did. did. We went to Austin. Yep. <laughs> we went no. to Pittsburgh. We went to Pittsburgh. Yep. Yes. Uh, we went on a lot of trips this year, man. <laughs> uh, we went on three, uh, and then you've been driving around, too. Well, yeah, and then I just came back from Charleston. I've yeah. been on a lot. And I went to Arizona. I've been on a lot of trips this year. I know. That's, <laughs> so don't say we. <laughs> I've been on three. <laughs> and he's came on a third of them. <laughs> but it is one of those things where it's just kind of like, okay, how booked out are we? Like, okay, okay, let's look at this week. Okay, Sunday? Okay, cool. Uh, that'll be our day. Okay, Monday, I'll go do comedy. Oh, what? Somebody's having a mental breakdown? Well, we gotta go check on our friend. Tuesday, let's have, like, an us night. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. We're having an us night. Wednesday, let's go do comedy. Okay, nobody's nobody's crying. Nobody's dying. Okay, cool. Let's go do comedy. Thursday, do we should I go do late night comedy and we do something beforehand? Mm-hmm. Yes, let's do that. Oh, wait, I haven't talked to my parents in a week. Well, I should probably call them or go over there. Friday, oh, I got booked on a show last second. Saturday, oh, wait, uh, Saturday we have a date night. Cool, let's go do that date night. And now we're back at Sunday. So it's very seldom that it's like, 
oh, nothing's planned. Yeah. Our 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 night is to ourselves. We don't. Uh, you want to do something spontaneous? Cool. Mm-hmm. Let's go do something spontaneous. It'll be like because I think it was only one weekend where it was like, oh my gosh, he's not booked. We don't have like I think y'all were out of town too, mm-hmm. <laughs> loose decks, and we were like, okay. And then I think Abby was out of town too, and I was like, oh my gosh, we don't. You know what I'm saying? Like I love y'all to death, but it was it was just going on a stretch where we were just back to back hanging out with our friends and mm-hmm. family, friends, and it's cool, but like sitting, like actually being able to sit on your couch and watch your favorite TV show, like. Mm-hmm. We did not get to do that for a long time. So then when people were just like busy and I think even your parents were out of town too, we were like, oh my gosh, we get to sit on the couch. Like, yeah. this is nice. Yeah. And like, it, it becomes one of those things where like, uh, you were the one that sent this post of like, instead of saying I don't have time for it, say it's not a priority to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, yeah. And that works when you have like, free time essentially like when you have like time to like organize stuff Mm -hmm. but like during the day like for my job there is a chance that i am the range of times that i can be off are from literally 12 to 6 in the afternoon and i go in at 6 each day and then if i have a weekend of shows where i need to be at the club at 6 30 thursday friday saturday Okay, well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we got jam everything that we need to do into those three days, and hopefully we get it all done because I'm unavailable after a certain time, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like Marcus has also told you, um, Marcus is lunch trainer. Shout but, out Marcus, I look like this because of you now. Uh, Thrive in Life, fitness, definitely. <clears throat> if you're Still trying- ugly though, but go ahead. Oh. <laughs> Marcus, <laughs> fix my face! <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, you are I- fucking ugly! <laughs> oh my fucking God. But anyways, um, but yeah, I feel like Marcus, he's been helping you a lot, though. Like, he's just like, dude, um, you, you know, scale back on your workouts. Don't work out four days a week, work out two times a week. And we've already talked about this multiple times that getting sleep, drinking water and eating are the three most important things before going to the gym. Because if you're not doing those three things, there's no point in you going to the gym. Right. Yeah. So. So when you have busy weeks, like that's why I would always tell you, that's why I was like, okay, lens. And then also communication. Like when you were busy like that, I was always cooking dinner and it wasn't like, oh, I'm cooking dinner. It was, I'm cooking dinner. Lynn's gonna, there's no way Lynn's gonna be able to cook dinner. If I don't cook dinner, he's not going to eat. And that stresses me out when you stress, when you don't take care of yourself. So I'm, you know, I'm also here to help as well, but you just need to communicate. The name of this episode should just be called, uh, Why is Sierra an Angel and How Does This Household Function Without Her? The answer is it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I think about that, too. Like, if you were ever single, I'm like, I bet Dexter and them would be so worried about you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't talk about it if he was single. He gets sad. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, audience. (laughs) I I definitely have some concerns. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, fucking, I've checked... Lynn's bank statements keep coming to my house. I don't know why. He spent so much money on McDonald's. <laughs> yes, check those bank uh, statements, y'all. I got, I got a question. Maybe this doesn't happen often. Maybe it doesn't happen at all. Do you ever have to say no to people, either family or friends, um, because you have, you know, an open mic or a show planned? And are most, most of your friends, family supportive, or do they, like, take it maybe kind of personal and think that like 
There's, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, I understand what I, I understand what you're saying. Um, <laughs> not as often as people would think, I yeah. guess. Because most of your circle is very understanding. It's just I always have to remind you, like, okay, babe, you know what I'm saying. I don't mind you getting booked. Like, say we have something planned for my birthday. I'm fine with that. But if it's not something that I guess, like, in, it may be offensive how I say it. But to me, I'm just like, if you're not going to get, like, X amount of dollars or if this is not a huge opportunity, maybe your wife's birthday is more important than getting on this smaller gig, you know, that you could possibly get on later on, you know, later on yeah. another month. Mm-hmm. So I also, like, I always remind you about that. But I'm always telling you, like, take whatever opportunity you can get. But also remember, you know what I'm saying, friends and family, like, tomorrow's never promised. Right. So are you going to be okay? with missing you know you know for example your mother's birthday you know what i'm saying and obviously i think everyone knows they would not be okay with that and you know or just like a good a very close friend to you like would you be okay with missing their birthdays or like not you know because you know going to the bar getting drunk we can buy you know what i'm saying like i'll see you later homie like we can bypass Mm -hmm. that but like special moments and dates you can't replace those so yeah so I feel like she's my spokesperson at this point because <laughs> I, uh, I I defer to her uh, for that. But yeah, it is one of those things where it's like I don't. It, it's very seldom that like I've blown people off to just do a show. Like there's there have been instances where like they coincide mm-hmm. and I have to be like, hey, I'm gonna go do this show. Okay, zoom, 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 zoom. Okay, hi, I'm here for your birthday. I'm here for the birth of your child. I'm here for your mother's funeral. I'm so sorry for your loss. Like whatever, like it was, like I'm, I try to, that's also another reason of why I can't slow down because like I genuinely feel like if I don't cram everything into this day, then it's a failure. Yeah, okay. no, that's not healthy. I just want you to know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice. No, I feel you. I, I'm, you know, that's something I try to work on, too. I try to um, definitely do too much, and it's hard for me to, like, save something for later. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it's hard for me to just, like, take time to myself to watch TV. Like, I hardly watch TV. I hardly play my PS5 that I spent money on just because mm-hmm. it's hard for me to save things for later and then you know i end up like stress myself out so so i can kind of relate i know what you mean yeah. yeah but um yeah uh if you got something else you can but um uh, let me see okay so when and where was your first time that you performed as a comedian getting paid Getting paid. Um, <laughs> that bar in Gladstone? No. No, no, no. no Wait, no. what bar in Gladstone? It was called The Hideout. Did you oh, ever... you tell me about this, yeah. but it went away by the time we started dating. Yes. Um, because you. <laughs> bro. They said, all right, bro, we got to shut this place down. Bro, probably. <laughs> uh, that dude, that fucking place was wild. It had, There was one, one time there was a comedian that brought in a documentary crew to film what it was like to be a stand-up comedian. And then the cameraman for the documentary went up and did time. He did so much time that... And basically no one else could do time <laughs> after him. He did. He basically did 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Which is... <laughs> he was the headliner. <laughs> which, which at an open mic is obscene like that's at least eight 
to 12 people that could have done time. Nobody well, stop him? No. I, like, it, what are you going to do? Just yank the mic out? He could be crazy. Look, he could have a good... who did it? Carlos and Tricky, they did it at their open mic. Look, we did it. <laughs> this is a small bar uh, that had no... It, it didn't have floors. It had concrete. I would have been like, get the fuck off the stage. <laughs> like, we were trying to be nice. And then we were get like, your bitch ass off. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget how he sounded. He sounded very, like, he sounded very British and very, like, monotone. So, like, hey, get your bitch ass off there. Who said that? Who said that to me? <laughs> no, first time I ever got paid was um, in a small bar in... Raytown, Missouri, uh, maybe would have been, it may have, I don't think it was the first year I was doing comedy, but it may have been, I got paid, I got paid 50 bucks and I started crying in the car when he, after he gave it to me, because I was just like, I did, I called my mom afterwards, I was like, mama, I got paid, and she was just like, oh my god, he got paid, Mark, he got paid. You know what? You kind of funny. Here's some money. (laughs) No, he didn't pay me because I was funny. Uh, He paid me because I brought people. Um, Which, which, by the way, people, you are not paid for being funny. You are being paid because you brought people. Or like your name is that big that you do bring people. Like yeah. Like I said, because you brought people. Never forget that. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so she said, "Was your one of your first shows?" What's been your favorite comedy show or open mic that you've done? Oh, it's not an open mic, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, favorite show. Okay. Um, man, I really gotta, I really gotta say, like, opening up for, like, I did, like, a weekend with Paul Rodriguez mm. in August. That and was a good one. I, the, the Dustin Kaufman, who, again, I, I gotta give him a lot of credit. I don't talk, I, I don't hype him up enough uh, because I, but yeah, he's been really cool to me this past year um, and just in general and has booked me on a lot of really good opportunities that. And a lot of different variety of comedians too. So you got to meet, yeah. Uh, And opening up for Paul Rodriguez because not a lot of people, not a lot of people our age know who he is, but he is essentially... Uh, like, George Lopez before George Lopez. Like, he was, like, the first real uh, Hispanic comic to, like, make it big, be a touring comic, make a shit ton of money doing it, and have, like, a huge voice in the Latin community. Mm-hmm. And Gabriel Iglesias give, uh, gives him a lot of cred. I believe George Mr. Lopez. Fluffy? Mr. Fluffy. He <laughs> even has a bit where he talked about, like, he... Paul Rodriguez showed him his car and how he pressed a button and all the doors opened up for him. Yeah, and Iglesias was like, I need to get funnier. And that's how I felt, like, working with Paul, where I was just like, I need to get funnier. Yeah. But it was just cool because I was like, yo, fucking... This is a fucking legend, dude. I got... Dustin messaged me that day. It was like, hey, do you want to open up for Paul Rodriguez? I was driving around. I got that message. I was like, holy shit, I almost crashed the car. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, I won't do this. And then I messaged... I messaged her immediately. Then I called my mom and I called the... And then I messaged the other dude who I technically was on a show on the next day. I was like, I can't do it. I'm over to go for Paul. And he was like, I totally understand. Go, do, go fucking do that, dude. I would have I would have dropped you from my own show and canceled it to go 
open up for Paul Rodriguez. <laughs> I think it was funny because even your mom was like, "Oh, it, did he um get in trouble or anything for?" Can-? I was like, "No," because if they got the same opportunity, they would have dropped mm-hmm. everything too. Just curious, how did you get selected for that? Is it just? It really is just being around. I one of those things that like. I don't get asked it often, but of like how, like or like comics coming up to me, like how do I get this? How do I get this? Mm-hmm. Be around, just yeah, be around so they don't forget you. I mean, think about being like an owner of you know a business, and someone's always asking you like, can I get this opportunity? Can I? You know, you're not gonna remember everybody, but you're gonna remember that person that shows their face every once in a while or comes mm-hmm. up to you and you know talks about the stuff they've been working on lately, or you know what I'm saying. So. If you don't show your face or you're not, you know, nothing's popping on social media, then how are people supposed to remember you? And being there when they're there. Like going to an open mic at 930 on Thursday. Cool. Tell your tell your jokes. Be there. Actually learn something and have some experience. See what good comedy is. See what bad comedy is. But you need to be there the Fridays, the Saturdays, whenever they have a show. Even if you have to pay your own way in, do it. If it's 20 bucks out of your own pocket and you don't know the club owner that well, do it. Get in. I'm very fortunate that I'm, that I've been, that Dustin values me that I can go there. And mm-hmm. if, if it's one of those shows where I'm like, oh, this is Margaret Cho, yes, of course I'm paying to see Margaret Cho. I'm not going to try and weasel my way in mm-hmm. on this. Oh, Dana Gould's coming. Okay, cool. Let me, how much are tickets? Cool. Let me, like, pay in. Let me bring somebody to, let me support this club. It's one of those things where it's like scratch. If you scratch their back, they will scratch your back. Or at least they'll be like, hey, let me look at him. Mm-hmm. There are so many shows that I did there where I did not do good, but I kept going. I kept saying, like, hey, I want to work here. I want to try and get this opportunity. I want to get better. And after a while, I don't know if he genuinely thought I was good or if he was just like, I'm so fucking sick of you talking to me. Do you want to do this weekend and see what we can do? Okay, cool. He believes in you. I know. I I joke. Please don't hate me. (laughs) But, okay, the other, like, cool moment I had is in our group chat, Lucy, shout out to Lucy. You were probably listening to this while you uh, put someone's ventilator in. But... Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> I hope she's not. Hey, <laughs> are they talking about me? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm putting a ventilator in loose, uh, just so you know that. But she sent a, like, a reel of somebody I had opened up for. Oh, and, Zaynab. Yeah, Miss Zaynab Johnson. Also, shout out to Zaynab Johnson. You were so lovely and so nice. Um, and I was just like, oh, yeah, she's really funny. And Luce was like, you worked with her? I was like, yeah, you sure came. It was really cool. <laughs> But it was just one of those, like, cool moments where I'm like, holy shit, I know people, kind of. Mm. I've worked with some folks. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's up. So what's, um, I guess, what kind of motivates you to continue doing comedy? Is it just because you like to make people laugh? You want to, you got a goal, like, you want to make it, like, big? Um, you know, you want to make make more money? Uh, what's some of your, like, motivation for, you know, continuing to do comedy? Um... I mean, I, I, the easy answer is being like, oh, I want to, like, make people laugh or, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I do want to make money. But, like, it's one of those things where, like, I don't ever want to have to wake up and be like, oh, I have to go to this job or, oh, I, I have to go and do this because I've seen so many people that are like that. Like, I, like, even just, I, 
fucking hate the Midwestern answer of like, oh, uh, uh, working hard or hardly working or how you doing? Uh, living the dream. Uh, like that is, uh, that is, oh my God. I, every time I hear that, my instant answer is like, well, whose dream are you living? And they don't know what to do because they're like, I don't know whose dream I'm living. And it makes them start to think and I'm like, exactly, fucking quit your job, everybody. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, like I, like, yeah, I want to, Make I want to make money at this. I wanted this to be my whole career. And even if it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm touring clubs until I'm like 70, 75, whatever. Like, I'm, I would love to do that. Oh, I get to do a theater? Okay, cool, yeah, I'd love to do that. Oh, I can make money off of this podcast? Cool, let's do that as well. Oh, people find me funny? That's really cool, too. I want to be able to do this full-time and see how far we can take this. Okay. And I'm, and every time I do like a host spot or a feature spot or something like that, I'm like, okay, we can do this. What can we do next? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's, what's this next little junky feel that we can get? Oh I, and then when I get to that spot, whenever I become better at that I'll, or become very good at that, then I'll think like, okay, what's the next thing that we can do? Where are we going with this? And, like, I've never wanted to just be stagnant at one thing and just say, okay, I'm good at this. Let's stay at this. Because I've seen a lot. I've seen what that is of, like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm good at this. Let's stay right here. Let's do this 10 minutes forever. And I'm trying so hard to be better about uh, trying to be better at that. Of like, okay, I can do this 10 minutes. I know it works very well. Okay, let's see if I can do this 15 minutes of new jokes or throw this new joke in with the 10 minutes I have and see if this works right here. And so it's one of those things where it's just like, I'm going to keep pushing this and no one's going to stop me. Okay. So, so one more question that kind of ties into that. So with like, you know, like when you like weight lift or stuff like that, you know, you might have like, um, you might have a goal you're trying to reach, whether it's like a weight or like a weight you're trying to lift, or it might be like a certain amount of weight that you're trying to lose. So with, with comedy, what are some of those like milestones that you try to, you know, try to achieve or that you can use to like, uh, I guess like measure your progress along the way, if that makes sense? No, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, so I'm trying to think of all these. I'm trying to think of all these goals. No, I'm I'm trying. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! I can't think of all. Tell me, tell me what to do. (laughs) But I mean, when when I first started, I just wanted to get booked on shows. I just wanted to get okay. Can I get a show? Cool, I got a show. Booked and busy. Yeah, booked and busy. Okay, then 2014, 2015. I barely was able to get to comedy. From 2014 to 2016 because of school. So whenever somebody asks me, when did you start comedy? I say 2014, but I always add the disclaimer that I feel more behind than my peers because they were out regularly. Mm-hmm. That's And so I'd say 2014, but I, I just feel like I'm... You had to figure out your life. Yeah, I yeah. had to figure out my life. But it does feel like I'm finally kind of catching up to everyone around me in terms of my writing, how I tell jokes, what I tell jokes about, and what I find is funny. With when her and I start dating, and again, I give you so much of this credit because, like, you genuinely help push me towards, like, what I should put down for goals. For 2018, I was like, okay, let's see if I can get a show 
each month. Okay, cool. I got a show each month. Okay, cool. 2019. Okay, let's see if I can do two shows a month. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I can do two shows a month. Okay, 2020. Let's see. Oh, well, fucking pandemic. Never mind. Bah, out the door. Uh, let's let's get back to writing. Let's get back to a drawing board. Okay, okay. Uh, you should still be proud of yourself, though, because <laughs> didn't you get, um, I forgot his name, um, but didn't you get still get booked at the comedy club? Yes. For, yeah, during, <laughs> yeah, during the pandemic. So you should be proud of yourself that you kind of like, even though you didn't get booked as much as you did the year before, you know, um... It was it was a hair in front of me. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> at least you at least like you still got booked and you were still working and writing and still um, getting stuff. Yeah, and like when twenty twenty happened, I was very thankful to. I don't know if it no, it was the next year in twenty twenty one. Oh, it I, was oh, yes, okay. because it they had been open for they've been open for a little bit, but then I got to open up for Rich Voss in twenty twenty one. And shows were shows were fine. They did I did okay, and then I was just like, okay, cool. I've opened up for someone famous once. Let's. I'm very thankful for it. Let's see if I can do this again. Mm-hmm. And so going into 2022, I was like, I want to work at more clubs. I want to open up for more famous people. Let's see if I can do that. And then this year, boom, I've opened up for four touring comics. One of them has a hit show on Amazon. One of them has been working in the industry for 40-plus years. And another one is a international touring comic who whose show was essentially uh, the daily show in Egypt, I believe. I, mm-hmm. I, could be, I could be wrong on that. It could be in Israel. No, you're Israel. not wrong. I remember him saying that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't remember if it was Egypt or Israel. That was the thing. It was Egypt. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So, and, and then the, the other one was Kate Quigley, who was also a wonderful touring comic, and I, and she's, she's so fucking wonderful. She's so sweet. I love her to death, too. But, <laughs> again, I was able to hit a goal of that. Okay, and now going into 2023... Let's see if I can work at a club or get multiple weekends of shows each month. And who knows if I can do that. I genuinely think I can. I know I will be busy. Let's see what we can do with that. Mm-hmm. And then in 2024, let's see where we're at with that. And then 2025. And then hopefully when all at the end of all of this, whenever my end is, hopefully I can look back and say, okay, I've done all of this. I've had all of these shows. I'm not saying an end-of-life comedy special, but somewhere in there, hopefully there's a special in a theater in Kansas City Mm. uh, where I can film that. Because that is... That's not the end goal, but that that's, is... That's one of the... That is one of the little know? points. Okay. One of the point, And, because uh, I never want to say it's an end goal, because once, because once I get to that one, there's something after that. Oh, yeah. And... And who knows how big the theater will be? Who knows how long the special who's will be? Who's going to see it? Yeah. Who's oh, going to be able to, you know, you don't know if it's going to end up on Netflix. You never know. I have thoughts on that, but we won't talk about them here because I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, hopefully that it doesn't end at a comedy special that is filmed in a theater in Kansas City. But mm-hmm. hopefully a comedy special filmed in Kansas City is a point. In this thing, you can make it happen, man. Yeah, I believe in you. 
How much time you got left for this podcast? Uh, we can go whenever. It'll just be like we uh, got like start it back up again because it stops at an hour. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Well, you let me know if there's a time you're trying to wrap up. Okay. You got a uh, question next? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I feel like you already answered it. I was gonna say, well, what's next? But don't spill too much tea. Mm. Like so. I mean, next is just getting ready for 2023. Like I have mm-hmm. stuff. I. It's not that I don't have like years of this planned out but i mean up until maybe like two or three years ago i really didn't have years of this planned out like i know what i need to do to get to where i need to go but it becomes a matter of okay can you sit down and write for an hour not each night but a week okay yeah you can sit down and write for like an hour each week okay cool can you sit down and write for a couple more hours each week like two maybe three okay yeah you can sit down once you get to more writing now it becomes okay can you film these ideas or can you put these ideas out how do you put these ideas mm-hmm. out and so now it, i'm again i could go on this for a little bit i'm trying not to like spill too much for my fucking little uh nerd brain or beehive of a mind of where stuff is at mm-hmm. but i can vision what needs to happen for where i need to go because i've seen it i've seen all these fucking TikTok comics, all of these Instagram <laughs> comics. He's coming for y'all. I, I fucking know your secrets. Uh, I, he knows your secrets. Damn right, audience. Uh, but, like, I know what it takes to get to where some of these people are at mm-hmm. because I've seen it. Uh, and I'm funnier than some of these people. I don't yeah. need to, like, be cocky about it. But, like, I'm, like, if you just sit down and write and film and just get it out, even if some of them are bad... Fuck it. Get the bad ones out and find the good ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I got one more question related to comedy and then a couple that I wanted to ask that's not related to comedy. Okay. Um, the last question I got uh, about comedy is uh, what tips or what recommendations do you have for somebody that uh, might want to get started and start pursuing a career in comedy? Just go out. Just find the... I tell... We know somebody. We know somebody that has asked me multiple times, man, I'm going to come out. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do comedy. And I've told him, I've told him, go and do comedy at this date, at this time, at this place. And he's came out and he's done it. And he had a fun time and he's enjoyed it. And each time he comes up to me, he's like, man, I had so much fun. I'm going to do comedy again. I'm like, okay, this date, this time, this place, go out. And I hope he comes out. Because a lot of people that do that to me, whenever they're like, I'm going to come out, I'm going to do it. I'm like, okay, cool. This date, this time, this place. Never see him again. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. Jerry Seinfeld has a bit where he says the number one fear that people have is public speaking. Yes. The number two fear people have is mm-hmm. death. It's not rejection. It is. It is. That's like the joke is like, oh, I'd rather I would rather die than talk to three people in public. Yeah, it's a lot. But I mean, and just keep coming out. Like if you're you're going to be bad, you are going to be bad and you're going to be bad your first couple of times out. But then then you never know. You never know when you're going to get good. I still feel like I'm not great. At times, I feel like I'm not even good at sometimes. And I'm You're going not? To, yeah, I know. See? Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking sucks, Dexter. Tell him about himself. Exactly, audience. Uh, <laughs> the audience. Uh, see? <laughs> we got two audience members now. <laughs> I'm playing, y'all. I'm playing. Just want to clarify. When I say stuff like that, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> He's not playing. He has a diary where he writes his thoughts about him. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, just keep coming out. Even if you feel like you're bad, come out. Push through it. You're going to find it. Okay. If you want to do this, you're going to keep doing it. I've listened to a lot of podcasts with writers and comics and... The, num- the main piece of advice they say is if you can do anything else, do anything else. But part of that is they're just... They... That's just any dream, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is one of those things where it's like... I don't know. Like, you're going to do it no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. I like if I was fucking homeless, I would still probably try and find a way to do comedy. Okay. Yeah. Like, I've had that thought of, like, yo, how long could I live in my car? The answer is not long. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Not right now. Not right now. It was back in the day. Back in the day. I was, yeah. I, no, I was no, no, going to no. say, you're going to be living in your car by yourself. No, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. That was the plan. I would be in the car by myself. I don't want anyone with me in there. It would be too crowded. <laughs> we got too crowded in a one-bedroom apartment. We can't get crowded into a car. <laughs> exactly. Okay, hold on. We're going to take a real quick break, and then we're going to come right back. Okay, we're back from our uh, bathroom break, our very, very scary bathroom break, where I was like, oh boy, hopefully the next part of it, hopefully we don't have to explain what happened to the first part of this episode. I was to say, I was about to smack Lynn. But... Oh boy, uh, I was about to smack Lynn. <laughs> do it, Dexter, do it! Uh... <laughs> By the way, not that the longest episode I've done is about me, but continue. Uh... <laughs> okay, so we'll try to, uh, you know, speed up, wrap it up. Um, these last few questions, like I said, is about uh, not related comedy, kind of just personal stuff about you, get to know you. Um, so first question is, outside of comedy, what do you like to do? What's your what's some of your hobbies? I know you talked about going on dates with your wife, stuff like that. Um, what else? Uh, here's the other thing about me, and I've struggled oh with this God. too. Uh, somebody asked me this one time. They're like, what do you like to do for fun? I, I kind of looked at him for a couple of minutes, and I was like, like I, I struggle with like finding stuff to do that actually like genuinely relaxes me mm-hmm. because and part of it is like I think about everybody that's doing something. Right. Like everybody is potentially getting better than me or getting an opportunity that I could have gotten that if I had worked as hard or if hard or harder than them, mm-hmm. I could have gotten it. And so it's hard for me. Like part of my like way I like relax or de-stress is I hang out with her. I I'll play like video games, but it'll be more of like, okay, I gotta do this because I was told to do this, or I I need to, or I feel like I need to do this. But even sometimes I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm doing my own thing today. Um, didn't you say you were gonna hang out with so and so? And then I'm like, I want me time. Like, you go do whatever you want to do. Me, bro, like, get that new Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and that's perfectly fine. Like, if she's like, I can't deal with this right now. Here, Get out of here. <laughs> then I I will go do my own thing. I definitely okay. don't, like, need to... I want to be by you, and I kind of need to be by you, but I don't, like... I can't, like... It's not like I can function without her. Okay. I can't not function without her. Okay. Like, I can be by myself. I can do whatever. I just... It's hard for me to do that. It's hard for me to, like, relax and sit down and watch a movie. Okay. Like, yeah, I get it, because I am one of those people who do relax you, so I get it, so... But... You gotta be able to relax yourself sometimes. Yeah. You're not gonna always be here. Yeah, and then don't don't say that. Please let me be the first one to die. <laughs> oh, I said we gotta go together because I can't do it. Suicide pact! Woo! No! Uh, 
audience, me- audience members, be quiet. Don't encourage that. <laughs> <laughs> they won't be able to get the life insurance policy then. Oh, damn. They won't. Oh, Dexter, kill us. Come on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So he can go to jail? Yeah. Nah, he'll be fine. He'll be a millionaire at that point. Uh, he'll be killing another millionaire at that point. Yeah, baby. They'll never see it coming. <laughs> you talk about, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But anyway, I can relate to that last part, like how, you know, she kind of helps you relax because um, um, my girlfriend, you know, she really ha- encourages me to like kind of relax and take some time to myself and, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm always trying to do too much. So appreciate, appreciate the ladies in your life for that. I just so. feel like if your partner's not helping you, one, be better, two, like mentally, you know, relax you, I don't think they're mm-hmm. a good partner. So if that person is stressing you out, Anybody listen to this podcast, leave them. I'm saying. I'm just saying. Okay. They are not supposed to stress you out. <laughs> no, no, I agree with that. Um, so you said don't. it's hard for you to answer that question. So what about, like, let me say this. Where where can we catch you at when you're not doing comedy? Like, we'll, we might see you at the gym. Might see you watching be. football at a bar. Might see you drinking, dancing at a bar club. Like, what, what are some places you might see Lynn Navratil? I will be asleep. I promise you this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't seem like you sleep much. Bro, I, I don't. <laughs> I, that's the other thing, too. I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I don't like going out to bars by myself all that often like i'll right. i like going to movies by myself which okay, is kind well, of there you go. I've, i'm I, when she's going out of town for thanksgiving i'm playing it out how many times i'm seeing black panther 2 let me just say it's gonna be a lot uh i will at least oh see this gosh. movie four times You're including tomorrow a lot of money on this oh movie God. no there you go i'm just gonna sit in my seat and just chill and, and just like, pay for one ticket yeah i'm gonna <laughs> get out and be like this is a cool theater oh y'all and everyone back in cool 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 i'm coming <laughs> back in too oh my um gosh. I don't know. I again, it's one of those things where, okay. So my, the the best way I can describe this is my dad is has always said that if he didn't meet my mom, he kind of would have just been like a hermit and mm. just like lived in his apartment, gone and done his job, and he didn't need a lot of things to be happy. I think I identify that more than I realize mm-hmm. because not only if I didn't meet her like I wouldn't be going out as much like she's normally the one that's like hey you want to go to a bar you want to meet up with friends what are we doing I'm like okay cool and then I can work with that and plan that make something that we both are happy with but the other thing is if you did suggest a lot or if any of the other like friends of mine weren't like hey do you want to like go somewhere I probably would just be like Okay, cool. I'll come. Like, if I'm not getting, not like drug out, but if I'm not getting invited, then I'm probably just going to be like, okay, uh, everyone's cool. Everyone's alive. No one's dying. I'm going to go work on my dreams. Bye, Mm -hmm. guys. So it's one of those things where it's like, I wouldn't think to say, oh, let's go dance. Or I wouldn't think to be like, oh, let's go to a restaurant and eat. Or like, it just doesn't even pop into my brain. Mm-hmm. Because I'm all, I'm too... On the go. I'm too on the go, and I I, I don't want to say I'm too... I'm too goal-oriented, everybody. But, like, <laughs> I like I think about, like, success in what I want to do in this field so much. To a degree where, like, is it a little unhealthy? It might be. Yeah. But, like, I can't stop thinking about it because I see... And it's not that I'm envious of my friends, but I'm very much of like, I'm happy for you, but I want that. How do I get that? I'm going to work harder than everyone around me to get that. Okay. Gotta smell the flowers, love. Gotta smell the flowers. Who planted these flowers? I need to plant these flowers. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, last thing, very last question before you know we wrap it up. Um, earlier you mentioned like going on some trips. How she went on more trips than you, and but you went on some this year. Uh, what's what's one of your favorite places that you've been to? Ah uh, man, I don't know, man. It, like, I think I have. Favorite with, I don't have like a favorite. I've got like fun memories with all of them. Now, like that's the thing. But there's never just one thing where I'm like, this was the favorite. I wish we could go back and re reenact this or do whatever. Because I feel like whenever I'm like, oh, I enjoyed this place so much. Uh, let me go relive that. It usually bites me in the ass. <laughs> because, like, I feel, and, like, I think about this one a lot, which is why I want to take you back to Vegas. Because when we went to uh, Las Vegas the first time, we went and, when we first started dating, maybe in, like, 2019 for my birthday, mm -hmm. we went to Las Vegas, and I could only think about the nostalgia that I had when I went there with my mom and my grandmother. And I was just like, wow, it's so cool. Everything's the same. And she was like, do you want to go to a club and dance? I'm like, no, 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 no. We can just walk around. This is so cool to like see everything. And she was like, we could literally do anything out here. I'm like, no, babe, this is so much fun. She, and like, I feel bad. Like, that's why I want to take you back out to Vegas. Because like, I feel like when we went for the bachelor party, like we got to actually experience Vegas. Experience. Yeah. And I want to be able to take you out and actually have like a full experience and like actually be like oh we went to this club we went over here we saw Cirque du Soleil yay this was a fun time yay instead like that's why like I like going to new spots like if we're going to an old spot it's probably gonna be me and her where it's like okay this has some sort of meaning to us the only spot that we've ever been to twice that was like a trip has been Pittsburgh mm -hmm. and that was because uh one was our first like real trip together where we drove across that was so stupid yeah. I don't even know why we did that <laughs> yeah and then the other one was for our one year anniversary so it's actually got like memories behind it and like we can actually be like oh you remember last time we were here oh it's still some of the yeah. same but like if all like the only I don't know like if all four of us went to like I can, the only place that all four of us have been with Lucy in mind is uh, uh, Louisiana for mm -hmm. New Orleans, for wow. Mardi Gras. Mm -hmm. uh, that, I feel like that doesn't count because it's just like... Well, because like living in nostalgia in Mardi Gras is also like, yo, you remember when that chick came by and shaking and she was shaking her ass? That's cool. Did you see the new chick over there who was shaking her ass? That is also cool. That trip was fucking hilarious. Yeah, if you uh, want to recap that episode, wow. is called the Lemon Pepper Steppers Unite. Uh, it came out in uh, March of this year. Go back and listen to it, y'all. <laughs> okay. So, any final words? Any advice? Anything you want to? let the people know before we wrap it up um i don't know about advice uh that's uh, <laughs> i love that uh in a uh a community full of comedians where i'm trying to make sure i get multiple voices on that the only like true repeat guest i've had on has been my best friend <laughs> who is just like yo comedy seems cool you got thoughts on it dude <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, again, I don't really know who all listens to this podcast. Um, I hope this gives you kind of a better insight as to who I am, um, and understand kind of what makes me tick. I, I, there's a whole other side of this too, where like I'm fueled a lot by like 
dumb nostalgia and dumb motivation from shows where like I've I've been able to like see different protagonists and see different like heroes and I and I get I still kind of buy into that. Like I still buy into like that narrative of like, oh the good guys always win and I view myself as a good guy, so I'm going to win. But I I know that they work hard, so I'm going to work hard. And I get that I'm a twenty seven year old looking at that and having that thought, but and it's a very like simple thought, but it is kind of what pushes me not just beside like my own motivations, if that makes sense, and wasn't just word salad. <laughs> not okay. word salad. No, that makes sense. Look, so. it's got cucumbers in there too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, I like that. All right, well, um, I think we'll we'll end it on that note. Um, oh, and there's one more question to ask her here. Do you have any more questions, babe? Nope. Okay, that was anticlimactic. But uh, anyways, yeah, proud of your accomplishments, bro. And uh, it was good to kind of hear, you know, kind of the background story. And, uh, you know, so people that don't know you as well can, uh, you know, know about Lynn Avertel and, you know, why he does what he does and mm. things like that. So um, that'll, um, I think that'll wrap up the show. Thank you all for tuning in to uh you you got you have a lot of options um you know the name of the show god damn it <laughs> stupid name if you ask me but um, yeah, thank you all for tuning in you can find you can find him on facebook lynn navratil comedy and um you know you can maybe have him uh come do a little comedy at your next event or Not something like that <laughs> okay do, do some comedy at your event or something like that lynn Avertil comedy you can find him and if you need a dj or an mc hey. uh you can find me and my business um on facebook and instagram lux entertainment kansas city we'll do weddings uh parties dances whatever so, he has uh, a really cool drone. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, drone got nothing to do with it. But, uh, <laughs> thank you all for tuning in, and y'all have a good night, a good day. Have a good night. We love you. Bye.